Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 23rd of May, 2022. Happy Monday to you. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. Appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, all that good stuff. And uh, really, really do appreciate the uh, those of you who are good, goodly enough to support the program at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. I am close to working out the logistics with locals so just bear with me but first we have an, a, a lady here an actual lady come over here an actual lady a big girl here her name is quinn she's my daughter and she had a birthday over the weekend and we had a birthday party Did you have a good birthday yeah i was four and then i turned five that's right you're now five have you been getting the aarp letters Sure. <laughs> They'll get to you eventually. So you had a good birthday weekend? Have you? Um, you had fun, right? You had friends over and we, we played in the backyard. I know. We 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 had that water sprinkler too. Yeah, we got, it was very hot. And, yeah. And so and so we had those sun things to make our skin not burn from the sun. Yeah, we had the sunblock on and we played in the sprinkler and you had ice cream cake. I know, and and I went to the ice cream house today and got ice cream, and there was thunder today. Yeah, there was thunder. You're obsessed with thunderstorms. And I was, and I didn't hear the thunder. I heard it a little bit when we were outside. Yeah, and you said you were scared to turn five. I know, but it feels different. Feels different. You feel like a big adult now. You got responsibilities. No, I feel like a different kid. <laughs> okay. Well, it's time for you to get a job and get the hell out of the house. Are you ready for that? No, I'm staying in the house. <laughs> well, it's gonna, all right, you're going to have to pony up some rent. How's that sound? Mm, I'm not sure about that, Daddy. Yeah, I'm not sure. About, I am sure about that, and you ain't going to pay any rent. I know that. You're you're a drag on the local economy, but we love you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. You don't say, you say thank you when somebody thank wishes you happy birthday. You don't. Thank you. All right, now move along. All right, there you go. That's what you're supporting at uh, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. She had, she had a great birthday. She got the Barbie um, know, camper or something like that. And a, uh, It's a Barbie camper. That's what I said. Okay, that's <laughs> exactly what I said. And she got the uh, bluey garbage truck. So. <laughs> It comes with Bluey and the garbage lady, and then come with Blueys. The rest of the Blueys, because, because, Daddy, why are these Daddy Cokes? You you have the attention span of a five-year-old. All right, I am going to escort her out of the room. Oh wait, no, because there's a whole bunch of people who sent emails and things to to wish you happy birthday. So thank them. Say thank you for all the birthday wishes. Thank you for all the birthday wishes. And now you're an old lady. When you were on the potty this morning, you kicked me out of the bathroom and said you wanted to handle it yourself, right? What? I didn't kick you out of the yes, bathroom. Yes, you did. You said you were going to go to the potty by yourself. I was just in there minding my own. You kicked me out of my own bathroom. That, I don't know who that 
All right. All right. Never mind. Uh, the police and the lawyers will sort it out. All right. Let us uh, take a quick. Well, you're not going to notice a break. I'm going to turn it off and restart. And oh, by the way, I'll have the announcement of who won which book and what book. This week it's a little bit different. The, there's going to be two books clumped together. One book versus two books. We'll see how that goes. So I got so many books, I got to start getting rid of them. So <laughs> one a week isn't enough. So you'll find all the all that out at the end. But uh, let's get rid of Quinn and start the show. We do have a lot to get to. There is a bunch going on in the world. Joe Biden is over in Asia doing God knows what. I'm sure he's going to embarrass the country. Um, the I want to talk about this story because it cracks me up the way the evolution of the left on critical race theory it's remember when all those parents in northern virginia and in tennessee and everything they're going to their school board meetings and they're saying what the hell my kids coming home with an assignment that talks about how awful and evil they are because of the color of their skin or my kid coming home with an assignment and you're telling him that he's a victim what the hell well, you know, no, we're, it's, we're, don't worry, it's, it's fine. And somebody said, why are you teaching critical race theory? And they said, what? We're not teaching critical race theory. T- critical race theory is not happening in schools. That's what the left said. They insisted on it. It's not happening in schools. Not in schools at all. So reactionary Republicans started to do what? They said, all right, well, we're going to just ban this crap. We're like, we can't keep track of every single school district, but we can ban this from every single school district. We'll just ban it. And you would think the left would go, go ahead and ban it. What do you, I mean, you're, you're banning human flight without machinery. Like, okay, we're not Superman. We can't fly. Go ahead and ban it. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't exist. But they didn't. They freaked out. They tried to block it. Now, why would you try to block the banning of something that doesn't exist? Why wouldn't you just sit back and mock the people that instead you go, they're, they're crazy because it did exist. And eventually the left had to come around. Once they were exposed, the bluff was called. They came around and started acknowledging it. Now they've gone even further. ABC News. This cracks me up. The headline, taking race out of education could fuel white nationalism some educators say. And then the uh, subheadline, the alleged Buffalo shooter says racism motivated the attack. Uh, Not the paranoid schizophrenia, not the well-documented mental disorders that he had. It had to be white nationalism, whatever the hell that is. The story, some politicians and activists of late have made accusations that teaching about race and inclusion in school is divisive, a way to indoctrinate students. That is not at all the case that is being made, but ABC News has to lie about it. The, uh, good Lord, the reporter's name is Chiara Alfonsas, something or other. K-A-I-R-A and then A-L-F-O-N-S. ECA. Sounds like a real genius. Says, however, the growing threat of white supremacist extremism in the U.S. has left education advocates increasingly worried about those Republican led efforts. Ooh, education advocates. They're increasingly worried. Pearls not quite clutched, but the hand slowly and steadily heading toward the neck region. 
We're increasingly concerned about those Republican-led efforts. Why? I thought it wasn't taught in schools. But no, now not teaching it. And now there's a huge difference. Taking race out of education could fuel white nationalism. Some politicians and activists of late have made accusations that teaching about race and inclusion is divisive. No, it's the way that it's being done. You are a victim based on your skin color. You are a perp. You are based on your skin color. You are guilty for things that happened long before you were born. You white kid are responsible for what some white kid 400 years ago did. Why? How? Well, because you've benefited from that, the ripple effect. And you, black kid, you can't get ahead. You're screwed over by what happened uh, that same time, by that white kid's ancestor. First of all, it assumes a lot that you're related to that white kid that did something wrong, but it doesn't matter. The system was set up with you. They they come up with excuses to find a way around every logical rebutting of their garbage that they spew. But they never look at the, the new black kid. You're kind of responsible, too, because your ancestors sold people into slavery. No, they never do that. They don't do that. They also talk about how this country, this no, this continent, was utopia. It was just a wonderful place until evil Whitey came along. Once Christopher Columbus came over there, it was all downhill. He brought with it disease and pestilence and, and conquering and everything, and he disrupted the noble Native Americans. They were one with the land. They learned to live with the land. Yeah, they warred with each other. They wholesale slaughtered each other when they could. The tribes, that's the essence of tribalism. They enslaved people. They stole women and children. But no, 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 they, they you know, hollowed out trees and went canoeing, so it's okay. No, nobody, no configuration of human being has a history that is stellar that is wonderful, that is without oppression or being oppressed. Period, end of story. That's what they were getting out of schools, not the idea that you can't teach. Don't even talk about slavery. No, 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 no. No. The ABC News story pathetically goes on. Now a mass shooting allegedly by a self-proclaimed white... How is it allegedly by a self Either he self-proclaimed it or he didn't. Allegedly by a self-proclaimed white supremacist targeting a predominantly black neighborhood in Buffalo, New York, has sparked fears about banning race education in schools, advocates who spoke with ABC News said. That's weird. If they were teaching this stuff in schools, then how did this inst- if if this if what they're alleging, if what they're hinting towards is remotely possible, then Buffalo should have never happened, right? This monster up there is fresh out of school. He would have been indoctrinated with this garbage, and then he would have said, "No, well, well there you go. I'm not going to do that." If you really wanted to get down to it and look past the obvious fact that this guy has mental problems and you want to score political points which is what the left wants to do you could then theoretically make the argument that this kid was created by this kind of garbage i wouldn't do that because i don't know they don't know anything about his education either they can't even figure out if well he allegedly proclaimed himself did he or didn't he did you read the manifesto or not well uh, legal tells us to do this 
They're worthless. What they did is they said, this is the narrative that the left has set. This is what the president of the United States on down have said. This is white supremacy and white nationalism that did this, which means you're not going to amount to anything. You're not going to actually address any problems. You're not going to actually solve anything or or deal with anything related to what happened in Buffalo. Because that guy has a long history of well-diagnosed mental issues and issuing threats. You can't talk about how the authorities dropped the ball. You can't talk about mental health. If somebody's got mental health issues and you want to deal with mental health issues, how does that help Democrats press your rights to keep and bear arms? It doesn't. So it must be swept under the rug. Research shows that children become aware of race and racial inequality at a young age and may develop racial biases by ages three to five. Yeah, if they're indoctrinated by leftists who will tell them they're either victims of perp or perps nonstop. Studies, including those from award-winning social developmental psychologist Philip A. or Phyllis A. Katz. Ooh, Phyllis A. Katz. Oh, I got a rookie card. I got her autograph at the latest Phyllis A. Katz convention. Have long shown that children engaged in honest and frequent conversations about race, racial inequality, and racism lead to lower levels of bias in young children. Well, they can't read, they can't write, they can't do math, but boy howdy do they know how to claim victimhood or feel bad about who they are for things they've never done. Yeah hard pass. Children take cues from what they see around them, so avoiding conversations about race and inequality only allows for, quote, prevalent stereotypes to remain unchanged, Katz's research states. Kathleen Bellew, a historian who specializes in the white power movement. Gee, what do you think she's going to find? Hey, a pig who specializes in finding truffles. What do you think he's going to find? testified before Congress in 2019 to recommend education as a solution to acknowledging extremism as a nation. Quote, truly grappling with white power violence would involve a long look at racial inequality foundational to many American communities, she said. Can I just say that if I'm a black person, I don't mean to speak for black people. I'm not speaking for black people. I'm speaking for myself. If I'm a black person, I'm pretty disgusted by all of these white liberals out there who don't give a damn about, let's say they care about black people more than anything. Oh, no, we must protect. First of all, I feel infantilized. I feel like they're just patting me on the head going, don't worry, we'll take care of you. Petting your, your hair going, we'll, we'll take care of you. Don't worry. We know you can't make it on your You can't be treated like everybody else. You couldn't possibly be expected to do things like other people. We'll take care of you. Don't worry. And then they sit there and say, well, black lives matter. We must do. And you sit there and you think, no, they don't. You don't think they matter. You're lying. You're absolutely lying. Or there's something wrong with you that you can't notice how big of a fraud you are. You you care about certain black lives. Usually they are, not always, but a lot of times criminals, people with long criminal histories, people who had confrontations with police, refusal to comply with lawful orders, things of that nature. 
things get out of hand, something goes horribly wrong. Those are the people that the leftists, the white liberals with the savior complex, they get their panties all wadded up about. They are out there. They'll take to the streets. They're ready. They've got their pre-printed signs. They've got their chants ready to go. They're out there with their ready-made Molotov cocktails. They don't actually give a damn about what's killing the vast majority of black people. They don't care about obesity, heart disease. They look at the cover of the new Sports Illustrated and they say, well, that's what you shouldn't fat shame them. Don't fat shame anybody. Don't, no, don't fat shame anybody. Don't go around saying, fatty, you're going to die, fat, fat. But you sure as hell shouldn't celebrate somebody who's pre-diabetic. You shouldn't sit there and go, this is, this is the way, really. You watch these Kohl's ads and you go, what, what are they advertising here? What are they thinking? I'm beautiful at any size. Okay, yeah, no. You're fine. Can you get off that couch? Because I don't think that's healthy. Who are you to judge? I'm not judging. I'm asking a basic question. I don't think you can. I think you fused into that couch. Maybe you should get up from that couch. If you want to live that way, that's fine. I don't care. But don't pretend that getting winded while taking a sip of water is you're super healthy, all right? There are some people who are, you know, morbidly obese who don't have high blood pressure or whatever, and they go, oh, my, my doctor says I'm doing fine. If, your doctor tell, if you're 200 pounds overweight and your doctor says, well, your blood pressure is, is perfectly fine, don't worry about it, you're good, keep eating. You need a new doctor. You need to probably sue that doctor. Because if you're, you're, well, I'm 18 years old. And I can, yeah, okay, first of all, how'd you get that big at 18? Secondly, if you're that big your whole life, things will go sideways. But we have to pretend. It's like we have to pretend that these liberals care so deeply. Yet they never acknowledge, they never take to the streets for the murder of a black person by anybody who isn't a police officer or who isn't white which is the vast majority of murdered black people. The vast majority of murdered black people are murdered by other black people. They always say, well, yes, twice as many white people are killed by police every year than, than black people, but as a percentage of society, proportionally more, they always find a way. When you control the unit of measure, you control everything. They find a way to do the math. Oh, but if you look at it this way, if you stand on one leg and tilt your head to the side and you only squint and you say, it's much worse. Okay, yeah, no, seven, seven last year. Uh, that's horrible, disproportionately. But what about the uh, disproportionate number of murder victims in this country in general? They are disproportionately, your world, your unit of measure, black. You don't give a damn about them. You don't say anything about them. They are disproportionately, overwhelmingly murdered by other people who are black. You're more likely to be murdered by somebody who looks like you than not. You want to talk about that, lefties? You want to talk about that in education? No, no, no. Don't, don't talk about that. What are you, some kind of a racist? What, for honestly addressing an issue you can't shut up about but keep lying over? If that makes me a racist, then fine. That's what I am. But at least I'm honest. 
And I'm looking at the problem that uh, can be solved, that needs to be addressed. And the only way to solve a problem is to address it honestly. And you leftists don't want to. You can't. And because of that, more and more people, more and more black people will die every year than have to. But you get to feel really good when you return to your suburban home, though, don't you, Whitey? Sick. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Twitter. There's somebody who's a left-wing journalist. says, besides Vice News, journalists from Rolling Stone, Vox Media, and The New Yorker were turned away from CPAC. Journalists from other media outlets, including The Guardian and the Associated Press, tweeted they'd also been denied accreditation. Oh, no, the CPAC in Europe isn't allowing left-wingers. So what? Good. I wish they'd bring that here. I wish they would bring that here. Why would you bother to give somebody credentials to go to an event that you're hosting if they are simply going to go and attack the event? Why would you let them in there? I, don't, I wouldn't. So who cares? Stop being leftist jackholes, and then we can talk about it. Otherwise, meh, who cares? Whine and cry about, oh, they're not letting us in. These Nazis aren't letting us in. Speaking of lunatics banging on the door, wanting in. Remember Bill de Blasio, the horrible mayor of New York, like the Frankenstein-esque mayor of New York? He was uh, term-limited out of office, wildly unpopular, but the way that New York elects people and the people in New York, they, they deserve each other. The new guy isn't much better than the old guy, to be honest with you. He he can't, uh, he goes to the Met Gala, and whines about other people not wearing masks, goes to the Met Gala. He uh, dedicated the other day or declared the other day Biggie Smalls Day, the rapper who was murdered 10, 20 years ago, who the hell, probably 20 years ago by now. He would have been on his 50th birthday. With, oh, the mayor had a big ceremony and they're blasting his music. And I'm like, I don't care if people like the guy or not. Some of his songs were all right, but for a government official to be doing this, is this really the best use of your time? Then you tell us, oh, with all these other things are so damned important, we must act now. We, you just spent the other day celebrating Biggie Smalls, okay? Forgive me if when you declare something to be an urgent need and we must act quickly, forgive me if I don't exactly part the Red Sea and come running to you, <laughs> you know? But I love this guy. He's declared himself to run. He's running for Congress up in New York. Why? Nobody knows. Except for the fact, this is, again, it's Brett Favre syndrome. Brett Favre seems like a good enough dude, as long as he's not sending you pictures, texting you pictures. But uh, he retired from football. He had a long career. He won the Super Bowl. That was it, you know. Not everybody's going to be Tom Brady, but most people never win one Super Bowl if they're quarterbacks. So that he won a Super Bowl is, is good for him. And uh, what does he do? He comes, no, I can't retire. I'm not going to retire. He comes back and plays for the Vikings. And it's just like the, the good days were gone. The great days were gone. They were fine. He's a fine quarterback. But you're more of a name than a talent at that point. And they're hoping to put some butts in seats based on your name in the hopes that, you know, you would show some of your old talent. But I always look at people like that and I go, do you not like your family? Do you not want to spend time with your family? You got more money than you know what to do with. 
You don't need to work anymore. Why? Like Tom Brady, you got a super hot model wife and a billion dollars and three kids who sure as hell seem to like you. Is that enough? No, I've got this drive to go out and compete. No. Okay, your drive to go out and comp- take up competitive chess or something. Start playing pickleball. Whatever. I know I've got to do this. You, you, probably the odds of you becoming um, you know, brain damaged in pickleball are slim to none. Right? You don't want your 60s to be the end, and you don't want your 60s to be you sitting there wondering what the hell's going on. You get concussions. Just call it a day, dude. But no, he won't. And I don't personally care. I'm just confused by it. But I see all these people who just won't go away, who won't say, that's enough. That's enough. I want to spend time with my family. And Bill de Blasio has announced that he's... Now, in Bill de Blasio's case, it may well be that his family said, that's an, go away, go away. We don't want you. Oh, he's going to retire to spend more time with his family. And then his family recoiled in horror, going, oh, my God. No, no, no. I'm moving to California. I'm getting the hell out of here. Moving to Hawaii. Just getting Guam. I'm getting away from you. But the world was not asking for Bill de Blasio to run for Congress. The world was not asking for anything. Um, You're going to hear a lot about this probably in the uh, coming days, especially on the news network, the cable news networks, the Sunday shows, the more highbrow things. It is one of these, it's a new quote-unquote study. Be wary of any left-wing group that, uh, and sadly, that's what the Anti-Defamation League has become. It used to be a legitimate organization, and now they are an appendage of the Democrat Party. They have a new study. talks about extremism. And the left is desperate to blame and pin political violence on the right. Is there some? Sure. There's some. But is that the majority of it? No, not even remotely close. Whenever a group of leftists get together, when a bunch of conservatives get together, what do you get in a park? You get a cleaner park. They take their stuff with them and they take the stuff that was there and they clean up after themselves. They leave. If a group of leftists get together, aside from the air pollution of their unshowered bodies acting like pig pen from peanuts and throwing stink into the air, You get filth everywhere. They don't pick up after themselves. You can only imagine these people's rooms. Needles dropped on the floor because of whatever reason or on the ground. An absolute mess. And there's a high percentage chance that the Starbucks nearby will be smashed. Bank windows will be smashed. Stores will be looted. Police will be attacked. The left looks at that. And they see that we see it, that we see it on social media. People post the videos of it. Look at this guy attacking this car for no good reason. At a pro-abortion protest or whatever, some left-wing cause thing. And it sinks in. It has an impact on people. They see that and they go, what is it with these leftists that are so violent? They're so stupid. They're so insane. They're so unhinged. I don't want to be associated with them. And it costs them. costs them over time. So... The left needs to come up with things that deflect from that. Can't deny it. Can't get rid of it. But deflect from it. Counter it. So you get this from the uh, Anti-Defamation League. 
domestic extremist-related killings in the U.S. by perpetrator affiliation 2012 through 2021. So right-wing extreme. The ADL is, like I said, an appendage of the Democrat Party. Uh, Right-wing extremists are responsible for the great majority of extremist-related murders. Right-wing extremists, right-wing extremism of all movements are responsible for 75%. There are 443 total deaths, or half a year in Chicago. Uh, Left-wing extremism, including anarchists and black nationalists, account for 4%. Domestic Islamic extremism counts for 20% and other miscellaneous extremism. Miscellaneous, they're just dabbling in extremism, are responsible for 1%. You sit there and you go, my God, that is uh, 75% right-wing extremists. Is there, the media is doing a really horrible job of highlighting all of these right-wing extremists out there. Are they not? <laughs> well... Not so much. If you actually look at the so-called study, you begin to notice certain things. They count every white male as a right-wing right-winger in this study. No matter what, they could call themselves socialist, democratic, social. Doesn't matter. They're counted as right-wing because they're white. See, the ADL doesn't want you to read the study. They certainly don't want you to read the methodology of the study. They also include domestic violence as right-wing extremism, which seems a little bit odd, doesn't it? O.J. Simpson, some sort of right-winger. They go on, they do not count the Waukesha attack on Christmas, the Christmas parade. That doesn't count. Why does that not count? Well... Because uh, the the van that he rode through and murdered all those people, he's just like Kit. It's just a night rider. It just goes right through. The car is autonomous. You can't expect a car. You can't hold the car responsible. Right? Right? Of course I'm right. That'd be silly. No, forget the fact that the racist black nationalist driving it was pretty unambiguous as to why he was killing those people. You want to sit there and you want to have a serious conversation about race, you have to have a serious conversation about race. You have to be serious about the conversation you're having. It can't be garbage like that. He's white. He's a right winger. That's it. There you go. This guy up in Buffalo declared himself to be an authoritarian leftist. Used to be a communist. He's mellowed a little bit, which puts him probably right next to AOC. But you don't hear that. It's all Tucker Carlson's fault. Why? Well, why? The guy hated Fox News. He said he hated Fox News. I hate Fox News so much, but I can't stop watching it. I hate Fox News so much. They always spew garbage, but they have now brainwashed me into killing people. Maybe that kid listened to Democrats for a long time as they spewed replacement theory. Don't hear about this. This will be the go-to study until there's another go-to study where they cook the books. They'll beat it into the ground. The Democratic Party and the industrial left-wing complex has to spend an inordinate amount of time trying to convince you that what plainly and clearly and unambiguously is absolutely is not. 
They must convince you that what you know to be true, what you see to be true, that your own lived experience is not true. It's not real. It's not how the world works. It's a rather bizarre position to find yourself in. Just sit there and you have to go, well, no, let's, I mean, what is the meeting like with the people who are putting this study together? Let's count. We don't have nearly enough right-wingers. We've got to find a way to expand that. How about we say every piece of domestic violence is right-wing extremist? All right. We'll count everybody who's white who committed a gun crime as a right-wing. All right. Okay. Well, that put us up there? It does. Let's do it. Now we publish this story. And for the media to go along with it, for the media to lap it up, it tells you a lot about them. But then everything, you know, if you want to know what leftists are up to, you just take a look at what they're accusing everybody else of doing. Eric Swalwell, dim-witted congressman who was trying to put words into the mouth of his four-year-old for political purposes. I don't know. I don't know how you don't feel guilty about that. I don't know how you, you, you live with yourself if you do that. But then again, he's a piece of trash. So what are you going to do about it? He tweeted out the other day, COVID has crushed our restaurants. House Democrats and Senate Democrats have proposed reloading the restaurant revitalization fund. Nearly every Republican voted against it and killed the bill. Here's what a Bay Area restaurant owner shared with me when he learned the bad news, that he wasn't going to get a government bailout. By the way, California shut down this dude's restaurant. The federal government never shut down anything. The federal government didn't have the authority. The state governments did. So if Gavin Newsom wants to bail out restaurants that he helped ruin, Gavin Newsom should do it. Eric Swalwell doesn't know what our government does. He's dumb. Did I say that? But uh, the restaurant owner texted Eric Swalwell, allegedly, I just read the bad news. Eric Swalwell responded, it's just awful. Almost every Republican voted against it. The restaurateur responded, well, they will never get my vote again. Yeah, the rich get richer and the poor get uh, poor. I guess that's the Republican way. First off, if you're texting with Eric Swalwell, you have the IQ of a slug. Secondly, California shuts you down. If your restaurant were any good, it would be doing better by now. But California shuts you down. The fact that you run to Eric Swalwell or run to any member of Congress in order to get a bailout tells me a lot about you, tells me all I need to know about you. But to sit there and say, yeah, the rich get richer and the poor get poor because the federal government won't bail you out from what a state you choose to live in did to you also tells me everything I need to know about you. There's a lot. We don't know about, we don't know this person's restaurant, but I will say the, they, well, they will never get my vote again text. You're in San Francisco, all right? You're in the Bay Area. They were never getting your vote to begin with, okay? Can we just, (laughs) you're waiting around for a government bailout. The odds of you ever having accidentally voted, the only way you would ever vote for a Republican is if you did so accidentally. You drunkenly filled out your absentee ballot and you thought the dots were moving around or you were on some hallucinogen and you thought they were bugs and you you hit it with a pen. That's it. That's the only way you're ever going to have voted for a Republican. So who cares? 
Do you have a close personal relationship with Eric Swalwell? The odds of you voting, and you live in San Francisco, the odds of you (laughs) coming around going, I'm going to vote for you. You're looking at inflation out in California. You're looking at $7 gas, and you go, those Republicans refuse to bail out my business. I'm going to support the party exclusively that put my business in a situation where it needed to be bailed out. Not that's I tell you, Eric Swalwell was dumb. I wouldn't be surprised if this guy, um, if Eric set it up with a friend, because there's no name here. He probably has two iPhones, and he's texting back and forth with himself going, this will make for a great tweet. I'll screen capture this, and we'll go forward with it. I wouldn't put it past. His FaceTime chat with his four-year-old about those meanie Republicans refusing to help people in Buffalo was nothing more than an actual text message from his wife of her conveying what she said her kid said while forcing a four-year-old to watch news, which is just all kinds of stupid. So I wouldn't put anything past Eric Swallow. That was probably staged too. Good God, these, these people, they can't be parodied. They are a parody. There's new polling. Da- if you sit there and you look at all the Democrats are doing and all the scrambling and all the... And you sit there and you think, they're insane. There's something just off about them. What's wrong with these people? Um, you can bet that it's the polling. It, 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 they get, you know, we get a new poll every day or every couple of days. Democrats, the White House, the political parties, both of them. I don't mean to single out Democrats here on this one. They are constantly polling. And there are people polling constantly and giving them data in the hopes of getting a contract with them. You start up a polling firm, you just start running polls on various issues and various people. So you can uh, say, here, party, have these. And then uh, wouldn't you like to, if they find that data useful, they say, wouldn't you like to uh, have that data all the time? You can have that data all the time if you contract with us. It's how it works. So they're just inundated with this stuff. And uh, there's none of it. None of it that looks good for Democrats. They thought that the draft decision, whoever leaked that, whichever lib leaked that, thought this will get the Democrats motivated, and it didn't. It got them mad. It got the radicals ticked off. And if the decision comes down and there is violence, it won't reflect well on Democrats and end up damaging Democrats even further. But the vast majority of American people, I I think the vast majority of American people say, probably that abortion should be legal for the first trimester. That seems to be what always pulls well. But there comes a point when even the most, well, not the most ardent pro-choice, but people who are pro-choice go, you know what, do it or make up your mind already, okay? You don't need six months to figure it out. You don't need more and more and more to figure it out, okay? Figure it out. And I think after that, when you get to viability outside the womb, people people lose the sympathy that they had or the empathy or the understanding or whatever it is you want to call it, the concern for it. They're just done. Like, okay, figure it out. Democrats thought that this would be a boom to them. And it, it was a boost in energy. It was a B12 shot in their butt or in terms that a Democrat might like. It's a, it's a line, a blow off of a, a hooker. That one's for Hunter. But it is not 
expanding the base. There weren't people who were sitting there going, you know what, I'm not going to vote. Now suddenly going, I will vote and I will vote in mass. The people who already thought that Republicans were coming for their right to an abortion, who were already going to vote Democrat, those people are now more energized than ever. That might lead to more phone banking. It might lead to them taking an extra shift at the uh, Starbucks as a barista so they can donate their tip money or whatever. But it did not upset the apple cart. It didn't change the wave that was coming. Now there's a Quinnipiac poll. Again, Democrat poll, Democrat-leaning uh, poll. Approval rating for Joe Biden is, amongst all Americans, 35%. Amongst registered voters, 38%. Not looking good. But the one that really shocked everybody was his approval rating amongst Hispanics. This is the problem for Democrats. I mean, I love it. I, I personally think it's hilarious that they, they desperately try to play this racial politics assuming that it will just go and... Um, work for their behavior, work for them. The the old playbook will just continue to work forever and ever and ever. But the approval rating amongst Hispanics is 26% for Joe Biden. 26%. The only group propping up Joe Biden right now is the black vote. The only reason Joe Biden is between 35 and 38%, depending on whether it's... Um, registered voters or all adults is the black vote. And that's barely mattering. Like you said, 26% of Hispanics approve, 32% of white people approve. That liberal white guilt is powerful. It's as addictive as the crack that Hunter smokes. But the black population, 63%, which is way, way low. Democrats are used to 80% at a minimum. 80% is a basement. As a floor, 28% of black Americans disapprove of the job Joe Biden is doing. 62% of whites, 60% of Hispanics. 13% of Hispanics were out to lunch, 3% of whites were at the club, and 9% of black people didn't have an opinion. But those numbers are damning. You want to know why Democrats are panicking? That's why they're panicking. That's why everything is... They're not even panicking. I mean, I get they're panicking, and this is why they're panicking, right? But the way they're panicking, the way they're channeling their panicking is so ineffective. Tucker Carlson is not on the ballot. You heard Donnie Douche the other day go, we need to make Tucker the face of the party. We need to call him out. We need to call him racist. We need to do this. We need to do that. We need to, you need to do everything you've been doing. This didn't happen yesterday. This right here, these polling numbers aren't just because of inflation. Now, I say just. I can really say they aren't because of inflation, certainly not exclusively. And what I mean by that is inflation is the straw that broke the camel's back. It's If you've ever watched somebody use those scales where things are in balance and then you just put a tiny little bit more on one side and it gets bigger and then suddenly boom it reaches the tipping point that it just one side goes up the other side goes down inflation is that 
the failed policies of Democrats in Democrat-controlled cities, in Democrat-controlled states, are the rest of it. Inflation on top of it. Like, look, if things sucked, but they weren't getting worse, you can put up with an awful lot. The human being can tolerate an awful lot. It's an amazing thing about our species. Now we're getting much softer. It gets down to cold, a little bit cold, and like, oh, my God, this is terrible. We might snow. We must shut down school. There was a time when our species lived outside all year round, all right? We'd maybe find a pile of leaves to crawl under, and it would snow. It would rain. It would be cold. We would survive. We can do a lot. We can deal with a lot. We can tolerate, put up with a lot. Democrats have found the limit. All the other garbage. It is the critical race theory garbage of kids going to school. It's not just white suburban parents who vote Democrat because it's a very cosmopolitan thing to do, who now, after COVID, watch their kids learn and go, this is what you're teaching them? This is, no, 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 no. And they complained. And they it's not that they were horrified. They were horrified and they recoiled. But what made it worse is the arrogance of the Democrats in charge. That when you went to the school board meeting and you said, what in the hell? Did you know that they're teaching? You know that there's a, a graphic novel in our elementary school library that has graphic drawings of oral sex being performed on young boys? Like, yeah, we know. We put that in there. I think it's important to be in there. And suddenly these people's eyes are opening wider. Look, that there's problematic stuff and weird stuff and stuff parents don't approve of in school. It's just the story of school. But now the teachers are openly bragging about it and openly defiant of it. And they're posting videos of themselves online going, yeah, I know what the elected representatives of the people have said, but I don't care. Every one of those libs of TikTok videos turns off another moderate parent from voting for Democrats. Every time they go to a school board and say, did you know that there, you know, there's a, a boy playing women's sports, whatever, track and field, and he's just dominating them. My daughter can't. Yeah, we know. Well, couldn't you do something? No, we're not going to do anything about that. You're hurting my daughter's chance of getting a college scholarship and we can't afford college. We don't care. Little Billetta is just as much a girl as you are. Forget the Adam's apple. Forget the testicles. She's just as much. She can get pregnant just like your daughter can in a delusional world. That is what's doing. And it's not just the exposure. Certainly the COVID lockdowns and the distance learning were the catalyst through which the conduit through which these things were discovered. But it was also the just arrogant, straight-up, douchey, a-holy way that they responded to it and said, I don't care what you think. It doesn't matter to me what you think. I know what's best for your kids. It's not every parent, for sure. Those school board meetings, no matter how crowded they are, represent a small percentage of the parents. But it doesn't take every parent. Every parent doesn't have to be up there and be shut down by these elected morons. That footage of the being the parent being shut down by those elected morons needs to make the rounds. That makes the difference. 
So you look at the polling data for Democrats and you sit there and you go, why are they panicking? That's why they're panicking. It's not just this polling data. It's all the they have much more polling data than they release. The White House has a lot of internal polling that polls specifically. That's why you sit there and you go, why don't they use Kamala Harris effectively? A, she's a horrible campaigner. But B, she may well be the only person in the country less popular than Joe Biden. You can't use her. What do you do with her? Trot her out and say, hey, uh, listen, trust me, people who find me more annoying than anybody else in the country. Joe Biden is doing the right thing while you're paying $4.50 a gallon for gas. It just doesn't work out. that Life doesn't work that way. It shouldn't work that way. Yet this is how they are. I mean, I love to see it. It's bad for the country. Life would be so much better if, if Joe Biden were to come back from Asia and pull a Bill Clinton. Think about it. The Bill Clinton years, were they the best years? No, but they were pretty good years. What we really need is some stability. We need to get a handle on inflation. We need to get back on track with economic growth, investment, job growth. We need to do all of these things. We need to get the labor force participation rate back up. And do that if you work together, even if you don't no, you can do that if you stop making things worse. You can do a lot of that anyway, if you stop making things worse. The inflation issue is to the point where some drastic moves are going to have to be made, mostly by the Fed, which will inoculate the politicians from doing it. I'm not going to bore you with those details right now, but you probably know them anyway. But as for the rest of it, just stopping this garbage would be a a, a great step in the right direction for this country if joe biden came back and said all right we're gonna we're gonna pump the brakes on the green new deal we're going to ease the chokehold we have on the oil and gas industry we're going to let them actually drill for oil where we know oil is and we're going to um let them do like build a pipeline right the pipeline could have been done by now He doesn't have to do massive things. The problem is that he's so kowtowed to the radical left for so long now that they can't live in a world where they're not being sucked up to. (laughs) The radical left is so used to it that they can't live with it. So even a just a common sense, I'm not stopping doing these things, but for right now, we have to do this because people are hurting. They don't care. They want people to hurt. They want people to feel it. The radical left is, they want more pain. They don't like people. I mean, they're unpleasant people and they usually smell, so you can understand that. But it's it's fun to watch. It's just sad to see the results of it because people are actually being hurt by these democratic policies. I want to play some audio before we run out of time today. Nina Jankowitz. Remember Nina? Good old Nina. She was the disinformation czar, lasted three weeks. She out Scaramucci. She lasted longer than Scaramucci. So she was like two and a half Scaramucci's. So she's got that going for her. It was weird. This woman who claims she's unbiased. And she is uh, an honest broker. She's the really, she's proud of the work that she's done. It's unbiased work. Even though every one of her social media accounts is just littered with left-wing talking points. She's uh, proud of the work that she's done. 
She went on MSNBC and CNN the other day. Only MSNBC and CNN. Why, well, Fox News was mean to me. So if you're proud of your work, shouldn't you? Wouldn't you be able to defend it anywhere? Well, you don't seem to know you're a lefty. It's okay that you can just admit that you're you're appointed by Joe Biden. All right. We know what we're getting when Joe Biden appoints somebody. We get it. Okay. We got it. But don't don't lie. Don't pretend. We know you're full of it. But she was on there. The disinformation board was destroyed by disinformation. Can you understand this? How is it? At least she didn't sing it. And unfortunately and ironically, we were undone exactly by a disinformation campaign coming from folks who apparently want to put our national security behind their own personal political ambition. Great horny toes. These people, they just want to do... Oh, those evil dastardly Republicans. I'm not a biased person, but those people who did not want me to control information flow in the United States of America are probably Nazis. They're all Republicans. They're all... Some dev- the ACLU is not against... She's not criticizing the ACLU. Hell, she'd probably get hired by the ACLU. she got to love that. Oh, these people. These right-wingers. I mean, I didn't, she didn't say right-wingers. It was all with a wink and a nod as she's talking to Chris Hayes. She firmly believes in everything she's done. She just won't go anywhere near anybody who might challenge her on it to defend what she's done. I don't know about you, but I have uh, I have no problem defending what I say, what I believe. I've defended what I've written. Back when I was a health policy analyst, I went on NPR to talk about um, the, the papers. I, I can't remember what specific one it was, but NPR was certainly not my friend. You don't see anybody from the Heritage Foundation on NPR anymore. Things have changed dramatically where it's only an echo chamber. But there was a time I would go on there. They would have people who disagreed with them. They would hear them out. Now their donors go, why did you have that person on that disagreed with you? I'm not paying to have somebody on who disagrees with people. How dare you? You monster. Yeah, if, if Nina... Jankowitz had any testicular fortitude and had any courage at all or believed anything she said, she would be happily going on to talk to Tucker. The two shows she was on on CNN and MSNBC together combined don't have the viewership of Tucker. If you really know what you're doing, you'd make Tucker look like a damned fool. And boy, how do you add another... 40% to your speaking fees. But she doesn't do that because they these leftists only live in a bubble. They only live in an echo chamber. Speaking of somebody who lives in an echo chamber in her own head, good Lord, it must be cavernous. Nicole Wallace, she was the uh, campaign spokeswoman or whatever for John McCain in 2008. She worked in the Bush administration. Uh, So many awful people came out of the Bush administration. Uh, She has a show on MSNBC now. She is the alleged Republican on MSNBC. She's not a Republican at all, but she's the alleged Republican on MSNBC. And this is a very short clip, but it's hilarious because she suggests, and this lets you know the... IQ level of people over at MSNBC. Nobody jumps in to correct her. She suggests she puts forward an idea. Maybe Democrats should put a law out there about dealing with illegal guns. 
right there in the the phraseology, it's an illegal gun. Therefore, there's already a law. You could, but no. And the the guest is kind of like, well, yeah, that's because nobody. That's the thing about these cable news hosts, especially on MSNBC and CNN. You're terrified to disagree with them because you know you'll never be invited back on again. They do not handle disagreement well. You can't even point out like, well, that's uh, that's not exactly how I would phrase it. But uh, you can't say that because if you point out anything that makes these hosts feel like the idiots they are, you're done. Your career is over. I just I found this very, very amusing. Really quick, what about a vigilante law on the on the other side? I mean, obviously, if the Supreme Court has greenlit vigilanteism, why doesn't the left come out with laws about illegal guns? Well, that's that's a good question. <laughs> um, <clears throat> why haven't we come out with? With laws against illegal guns or about, um, uh, do you hear yourself? He kind of gave her a, a nice pause there. A long enough pause that hopefully she would catch on and correct herself. But it was abundantly clear to this dude that she was not going to correct herself. That she was not going to catch it. And so he just kind of said, well, yeah, all right. There you go. <laughs> Lastly today... Our new press secretary at the White House is getting the tongue bath treatment that you'd expect that a Democrat would get over at uh, the New York Times. I love it. A guy named Michael Grinbaum. He is the television reporter over there at the New York Times. He says, here's my New York Times profile of press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. Like, oh, wow. What, what are we going to have some real serious insights into Karine Jean-Pierre? Very interesting. Let's see what's going on with... And you go to it in the headline. Karine Jean-Pierre's unlikely rise to the White House lectern. Why? Why is it... Only the lefties think there's no way a gay black woman will ever get there. Only liberals do. Conservatives didn't give a damn. The subheadline: the first black and first openly gay press secretary... Was there like a closeted gay press secretary? There haven't been that many of them. And first openly gay press secretary was raised in an immigrant family with so many secrets. Now she occupies one of the most scrutinized jobs in American politics. Oh, it's the most scrutinized job in American politics this is. Then you read the story and it's literally, <clears throat> at least the beginning of it, is all encompassed by the, the subheadline. Did you know that her parents are from the Caribbean? She was born in the Caribbean to Haitian parents. Did you know that she's gay? Did you know that she's black? And like, this is scrutiny? This is scrutiny? Did you talk to a single human being that she doesn't currently work with or is not a currently a good friend about her? Did you find anybody from her past? Any just No. It's all just, oh, she's gay and black. Did you know she's gay and black? My God, by golly gosh, she's gay and black. Like, okay. She's full of crap, and she's a liar, though, and that's kind of a bigger deal, don't you think? Not if you work at the New York Times, you don't think. That's the problem. If you work at the New York Times, you don't think. All right, that's enough for today, ladies and gentlemen, to start another week, another Monday. Should be a good week. It's right for a holiday. So there we go. Can all use a three-day weekend, I think. The uh, winner of the contest this week, and it's uh, Brad Thor being won is Lisa Cole Hagler. I think you pronounce it that way. Lisa Cole Hagler, 
drawn by the birthday girl herself. Say congratulations, Lisa. <laughs> just say congratulations, Lisa. Can you just say congratulations? Okay, just say congratulations. Okay. You ready for bed? No. Then say congratulations. No, I don't I can't understand what you're saying. <laughs> congratulations. You can re- just repeat it. You don't have to know what it means. Mm. All right, never mind. I'll say it to you on her behalf. Congratulations. Lisa Cole Hagler, check your messages through Patreon. You have a message from me seeking your address. Not so I can stalk you, although I'm not going to rule it out, uh, but so I can send you the book. Now, this week's contest is the returning champion, Wilfred Riley with Hate Crime Hoax. What? What's that? They're books. Well, this one's wrapped. It's the Brad Thor book. It's still wrapped. It's autographed. Lisa will get to unwrap that. We don't. Uh, This week's returning champion is Hate Crime Hoax from Wilfred Riley. And it's a twofer on the other side. Wilfred Riley's a powerhouse. I know Wilfred. He can handle it. He can take on two people. It is Rich Lowry of National Review, his book, his very pro-Trump book, The Case for Nationalism, and Yuval Levin's A Time to Build, both autographed, both gotten in person by me back in the Daily Caller days. They came in and did that show. So it's a twofer this week. Yuval Levin and Rich Lowry versus Wilfred Riley. White privilege, always two-on-one. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thanks for the support. You go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. That's where you will find the place to enter for those books. And uh, I think I'll post a couple of pictures from Quinn's birthday party. You had fun at your birthday party, right? Yes. Sit. He sounds really thrilled. How do you, You're five years old. How are you cynical? Or are you just tired? Mm. I just like to be bored. <laughs> And I'd like to make a board face like this. It's great. This is audio. You're a five-year-old teenager. Wonderful. Uh, I'll post some pictures from her birthday up there today. They're probably up by now as well. So you can uh, go and admire them, and I appreciate all the support. Thanks for everybody listening. Have a great month. It's only a five-day week, but then it's for a holiday weekend. Have a great Monday. Say have a great Monday. Have a great Monday. And happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. To you. Mm. <laughs> yeah, her pronouns are her and she or whatever. I don't know. She's a normal kid, unlike the mutants out there on the left. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for listening. <laughs>